We're going to go into today's scripture, which comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. We're going to read this in the ESV. And so if you want to look it up in your own Bible or Bible app, we're also going to project it so you don't have to go anywhere. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And we're reading this in the ESV. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, today's message, we are continuing our sermon series on life. And yeah, it's a special Christmas edition. And we are talking about a life of wonder. I hear it said sometimes, as people get older, to never lose your sense of wonder. Like, like we know what it's like to be a child and, you know, you see things that are magical and wonderful. And when you see it for the first time, you see it with fresh eyes. And it's like the most magical thing. And maybe the first time someone sees snow. I remember when I was in college, I went to college in Cleveland, but my roommate was from Texas. And I remember the first time it snowed. It's Cleveland, so it snowed a lot. And the first time it, there was snow out, my roommate lit up like a kid on Christmas. And he like, was like, oh my gosh, it's snowing. And he ran outside and I could see him from the window. And he was like spinning around like a kid and he was laughing and so full of joy. And you fast forward three months and he's like, make it stop. Make it stop, please. When will it stop? And that's how most of us feel about snow, right? We lose our sense of wonder over time. And I wonder, you know, if just I showed a picture of a guy who's just sort of like seen life, you know, he's not impressed by it anymore. You know, we've lost our sense of wonder with so many things, you know, even like technology is like amazing. You know, all of us have like a, a supercomputer in our pockets. You know, somebody, uh, I think I read somewhere that the time of Bill Clinton, you know, Bill Clinton was the president in, I believe it was 92, right? Uh, 92 to 2000. And when, the, when Bill Clinton was president, um, we have more information in our pocket than was available to the president in 1992. Isn't that crazy, right? And, but, you know, we're not very impressed by things. We get disgruntled. I, I remember hearing the stand-up by uh, Louis C.K. where he was talking about how people get so upset about things on a plane like, oh, you ran out of the steak, or, you know, the Wi-Fi isn't working really well, or, you know, um, 
I didn't get the, the uh, window seat. Why do I have to sit in the middle? And, you know, and, and he's, he said this thing where he's like, are you not impressed by the fact that you are flying in a metal tube thousands of feet above the air at hundreds of miles an hour? You are flying, and we are not impressed. We are not impressed at all, right? And so, friends, you know, this idea of wonder, you know, during Christmas, right, we use that expression, and I already did once before, like a kid on Christmas, right? That is supposed to be the ultimate state of wonder. You know, you wake up in the morning and you want to go open those presents. You go down and your tree is lit up, is beautiful and glorious. And that feeling that you have as a kid, it is something that very, very few of us ever are able to recapture. But I wonder, you know, I I have seen like sometimes like, you know, as you get older, sometimes you kind of age backwards, you know, and as you get older, you know, you start to be more in wonder at things that you used to take for granted, kind of like, you know, you kind of slump in middle age. And then as you get older, you start to, you know, recapture some of that wonder. Sometimes you see things through the eyes of your kids or through your grandkids, you know, and it can be done. I believe we can live a life of wonder. And it's something you see in the scripture passage today, which this is the first Christmas, so it makes sense. We always talk about a kid on Christmas morning. Well, this is Christmas morning, or Christmas night, I should say. Let's take a look at what it was like. And so in this story, we see that there were shepherds. And a lot of this story, the, the account that we see in Luke, is through the shepherd's eyes, which I think is really cool, right? Because on one level, you know, you have Mary and Joseph, and like they're obviously the main actors, and we see them throughout Scripture, right? Like throughout the childhood of Jesus, But then you have these random shepherds, right? And the shepherds just kind of come in and and out of the story. And I just feel like I'm the shepherd, you know? I feel like, uh, you know, just like an ordinary person, you know, in the story. And yet, they get to see the glory of God. It's such a cool thing, right? And so in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. I wonder what that looked like. Was it bright lights? I don't know. Was it just like angels circling and angels are like pirouetting in the sky? Are are they shining? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. We just are told there's glory. The glory of the Lord. We're going to talk more about what glory is in a moment. But it shone, right? It's, It's brilliant. It shone around them and they were filled with great fear. You know, I I talk about this, um, that in biblical times, when you encountered God, it wasn't always good news necessarily, (laughs) because the idea was that God is so holy that we as sinful human beings cannot stand in the presence of God. So whenever you see people encounter something of God, something holy in the Bible, their first instinct is to fear. They're just like, this is too much. They know, they know, they know, they know, they know that they're not holy. That they're not of God. You know, and I wonder if, if we have that same kind of reverence, respect for God. But anyways, um, it says, And the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Makes it completely understood, right? Like just we sang that song, Joy to the World. This is what we're talking about. There's joy that, that should be had at this great news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I want to stop there because I told you we were going to go back to this idea of glory. What does it mean to glorify God? And, 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 you know, what does all of this have to do with wonder? Because this is a wonder scene, right? And maybe some of you are thinking, Pastor Steve, if I saw this, if I were able to glimpse angels dancing in the sky, shining bright, and baby Jesus being born, then I would worship God. And, and I got to say that, you know, spoiler alert, the key to a life of wonder is worship. It is. But what you see here is um, the word for glorify is doxaso, and it means to ascribe weights by recognizing real value. And one of the things that is interesting about the story is I don't know what the angels look like. Maybe it was glorious and, and you know, in, in all the traditional sense, you know, bright lights and, you know, flashy and things like that. But when you think about it, when you just go to Jesus and Mary and Joseph, you got a carpenter, his wife, and a baby. And you do not get to see the full glory of Jesus. You don't, right? I know a lot of people love Christmas, and it's just so traditional in our eyes, right? Like you just have this scene, the manger, right? Like, like you can just close your eyes, you can picture what that scene looks like. You've seen the nativity scene in front of many lawns of churches and houses, and, you know, it's so traditional that we have such reverence for it, right? Which we should. But if you think about it, if you guys know that the story actually takes place in a barn, it's a manger. It's where the animals feed. This is not a tradition. It's not a palace, right? It's an ordinary scene. And they're just told, right? I mean, like, like angels tell them right? We don't really know what that looks like. How, does, how do the angels communicate that? But they're just told, this is Christ the King. He's going to be Lord. But they don't see the full revelation of that, right? They don't get to see Jesus grow up. They don't get to see Jesus go to the cross and die for our sins. They don't get to see Jesus in full splendor of God. But there is in this scene glory and glorifying, and worship. And in that word, glorify, to ascribe weight by recognizing real value. This is what is needed in the life of worship. You have to recognize the value of what you are seeing. So again, like we said, not all of us are privy to that same kind of scene that is so inherently glorious to us. But like I said, I don't know that the shepherds got to see the full deal either. But they're able to piece it together. They are able to see enough to know this is of great value. We should glorify. We should worship because God is here. Friends, I, I want to find out how to do that. I think the glory of God is more present than you think. Because what I believe is that the presence of Christ isn't just in the nativity scene 2,000 years ago. I think the Spirit of God has been unleashed in the sense that even here and now, even if it wasn't December 26th, even if it was just a random Tuesday in 
October or February or whatever. It's just a random day. The glory of God can be there right with you. Maybe you're just watching TV or you're laying in your bed or you're taking a shower or you're on the, I don't know, on the toilet and you're pooping. I, the glory of God can be there. Is that too crude? Because, friends, in many ways, right, like, I mean, Jesus is born amongst animals. There probably was animal poop, right? And, and we talked about that last week, the idea of the incarnation and Jesus coming to us in our mess. And, you know, friends, this is where we find our wonder, in the ordinary stuff of life. And I want to figure out how to do that. I want to figure out how to kindle our sense of wonder. And so I have this picture of somebody lighting something on a fire in a beautiful Michigan day. I'm just kidding. I don't know if this is Michigan, but it's snowing and it looks cold. And so I just think it might be Michigan. You know, um, how do you kindle that sense of wonder? How do you light it and spark it? And so three things we're going to talk about here. So first thing is we have to take the time to look at the glory of God. Remember what we said. The glory of God is all around you, but are you looking at it? And if you get a glimpse of it, do you linger there? So I want to show you in verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Do you see that? Let us go and see. The angels, the light show, it's gone. It's gone. All you're left with is the baby and the parents in a manger, in a barn, right, with the cow poop and all of that, right? They're like, let us go and see. They could have just been like, oh, the light show's over. Let's go back. Let's do the shepherd thing. But they're like, no, 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 no. Let's go and see. Let's go and see. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they actually bless Mary and Joseph by telling them what the angels told them right? Let's go and see. And in going and seeing, and maybe it was something where they're like, yo, yo, we got to see what this is all about. But they actually end up being the bearer of good news to Mary and Joseph too. They bless them as they have been blessed. It's such a cool scene. But it reminds me of something in scripture, another time where you see the glory of God. And this is another scene that has been hyped up in our imaginations. And, you know, as it's been told uh, uh, throughout scripture, um, But it's actually a rather ordinary scene. It's amazing, don't get me wrong, but it's pretty ordinary. It's Exodus chapter 3. You guys remember when Moses, Moses, is he's fled Egypt because he killed a man. And uh, he he marries someone out there, and he's tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he's out there, and he sees a, a, a bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. Right, And so I know a lot of times you see like uh, uh, paintings of this and you see this like inferno just... I don't know if you've ever seen a bush on fire, right? Depending on how big the bush is, the fire is the size of the bush. So however big that bush is, if it's a small bush, small fire. I'm not saying that's not amazing, right? But for many of us, we might be like, huh, that bush is not burning out. Oh, well, (laughs) right? You're in the desert. It's going to go out, right? Who cares? But there's something for Moses where he's like, this is not ordinary. I'm not going to pass this by. I'm not going to just ignore this. 
I'm going to linger. And you see that. He says, I will turn aside to see this great sight. So think about it. Moses is on a path. He's already on a path. He is running. He is fleeing. And he's out in the desert. And now his path is, I'm working for my father-in-law. And I have a thing to do. Right? But here, he turns aside from that path to see this great sight. How many of us, maybe, maybe, I'm just wondering, what if you were driving down the street, you're driving down Washtenaw, and there was a garbage can on fire, and it does not go out? What if the glory of the Lord was there? (laughs) Some of you guys are like, Pastor Steve, that's so silly. Is it any more silly than in a desert, a bush is on fire, and it doesn't go out? But Moses was like, no, I think there's something might be here. Moses, I think, was already starting to be attuned to hearing the voice of God, to seeing the things of God. This is why he becomes the messenger of God, the prophet of God, right? And I wonder for us how many of us could stand to look around a little bit, right? You're on a path. You're doing your thing. And many of us, we never expect to see the glories of God. How many times, seriously, think about it. You're going to work, or you're going to school, or you're just doing your thing. You're brushing your teeth. How many of you expect to encounter the glory of God? How many? Like, nah, it's it's just Tuesday. But for Moses, he turns aside. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, it's an opportunity. When he lingers, that's when God speaks, right? That's when the magic happens. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And the rest is history. There's more to it than that, of course. (laughs) That's not what this message is about. I mean, there's so much more. But it starts here. It starts with Moses turning aside from his ordinary life, enough to linger on the wonders of God. Friends, um, you know, I got to say, I try to keep my eyes open more to the glory of God or just to ordinary stuff. I I didn't always do it. I actually, um, as I was walking to church, I was just walking down the path, and I found this. It's kind of hard to see. Can you guys see what this is here? It's Olaf, right? And... I don't know where this came from. <laughs> we had a family group gathering, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is someone's Olaf. I'm not going to take it. If this is your Olaf, let me know. I will get it to you, okay? We'll keep it at church. But I was just walking, and it's just so easy to be like, got to go to church, got to preach, got to do the pastor thing. But to just take a moment and to just take in right, the glories of God, just enough to open your eyes. And I'm like, oh, Olaf, very cool. Or how many times I'm like walking my dog in the morning and I'm just walking around and it's just like, come on, stupid dog poop, you know? And you're like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I got this thing to do. Or your mind is somewhere else. Your mind is on your path. What am I gonna do today? What is work gonna be like? How many times do you take a moment to just look, look, look? There are these trees that every year the leaves wither, that looks like they're dead. And every year, like clockwork, like magic, the faithfulness of God 
every spring, they're going to bud again. They're going to come to life. This was how Brother Lawrence got converted, by the way. (laughs) It may seem like such an ordinary thing. But for him, he was under great distress in his soul. He was outside. He looked at a tree that was dead. And he realized that that tree was like his soul. He's like, yeah, I'm dead like the tree. But he looks at the tree and he realized the tree's going to resurrect. Just like Jesus did. And if that tree could resurrect, if God could resurrect that tree, he knew his soul could be resurrected. Friends, I mean, it could be as simple as that. It could be just looking at the beauty of God's creation, being like God is taking care of all this. God created all of this. I use this example sometimes. And, you know, we were in Mexico building houses for Homes for Hope. And um, we, we were in San Diego, right by the beach, right by the ocean. And you could see this beautiful sunrise and sunset. And every, every night, like, we'd have, like, a, a meeting where we gather and we talk about the day. And everyone on the team's like, Pastor Steve, can you wrap this up? We want to see the, the, we want to see the, the sunset, right? Because it's so beautiful, you know? And so, so I'm like, okay, okay, let's go see the sunset. And we see it. And this beautiful orange orb, right, is just descending on the earth and melting into the ocean. And you see just the brilliant light scatter on it. Right? And just everyone is like ooing and aahing. We're, we're in a state of wonder. Right? We're like, this is awesome. And I made this statement where I think it came across snarkier than I meant it to. Like maybe a little, like, a little condescending. I'm like, guys, you do realize this happens every day. This happens in Michigan, too. <laughs> like, they're like, Pastor Steve, you ruined the moment. You know? But my point was that you know, maybe in that moment, yes, we're by the ocean. But I guarantee, I guarantee if you lived in San Diego and you saw this every day, you'd probably take it for granted. I, I hope you wouldn't, right? And maybe if someone's from San Diego, you can be like, no, Pastor Steve, every day it's a miracle. Every day it's beautiful. I hope so. I hope so. But so many of us, we pass these wonders by. But maybe the wonder that you see every day around you, could it be an opportunity for you to see the glory of God. Second thing is we've got to keep the memory of the glory of God in our hearts and minds. And so you see in this passage, um, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They wondered, you know, they're like, what is this? But Mary treasured up all these things. The word for treasure means to keep secure. It's almost like you're taking something that's really valuable and you're locking it up. You're keeping it safe and secure so nobody can get to it. And she takes this this thing that she saw and all the things that the shepherds are telling her, right? Because, by the way, friends, she didn't see the angels at this point. She just hears about it, right? Just like you and I are hearing this story. And maybe someone's like, whoa, that's cool. Or, well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. You could be lying to me, shepherds, right? You could totally dismiss it. Many people hear the stories of God and they just dismiss it, but not Mary. Mary takes it and she locks it away in her heart. She keeps it there. That's what it means, right? She holds it there, right? And so, friends, you know, maybe there are some things that you've seen that are pretty cool. Have you ever been blessed? And you you just know God blessed you. How many of us really just take a moment to lock that away in your heart. 
one of the things that is, is, is such a big tradition in the church, and maybe we've lost it a little bit because, you know, in this modern age, we're, we're just, we just feel so impatient. And, and just life seems so quick and fast, and we forget to do these things. Something that, that is such a great tr- tradition is testifying, giving testimony, witness, right? You ever see, hear someone say, can I get a witness? That's what the original disciples were. They were witnesses to the resurrection. If they just saw the resurrection and they're like, that was cool, let's go fishing, and they didn't do anything with it, none of us would be here. There'd be no gospel. There would be no good news. The good news must be spread. How many of us, we see something cool or we experience the glory of God and then you just keep going? Or do you take a moment to lock it away? You remember it. You write it down. Right On this day, I saw the most beautiful sunset and I knew it was God. How many of us witness to that? Maybe there's someone at church who's lost their sense of wonder, and you encourage them. You're like, yo, God is real. Let me tell you what he's been doing in my life. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing in the church? We're supposed to be witnessing. And we lock away these things in our heart, and we tell the stories. We keep them alive instead of like, oh, that's nice. What's new, right? Lock it away. Keep it fresh, right? And, and then the other thing is that she does is she also ponders it in her heart. And, and the word for ponder means to bring together. So what's happening here is that Mary already has heard some things, right? She's had visitations of angels, right? She has had some people already tell her some things. And now the shepherds are telling her more things. Now, this is pretty cool. But on its own, it's just some shepherds that she doesn't know telling her something that they claim to have seen. But what Mary does is she takes that and she synthesizes it with all of the other things that she's seen of God, and she pieces those things together, right? So that's what the the word ponder is. Like, we think of it as like, huh, huh, Like, like Mary's just thinking. That's not what she's doing. She's bringing all the information together, and it's forming a bigger picture of what God is doing, right? She's bringing it all together in her heart, right? And so, friends, that is something that we need to do. Uh, We need to remind ourselves of the true weight of God when we see glimpses of his glory. When you see glimpses of God's glory, it's not just an isolated thing. It is part of a bigger story of what God is doing. Don't just look at this one thing and be like, thanks, God, and then move on. Where, Where does that fit into what God is doing? What is that telling you about the faithfulness of God? And when we can do that, we can start to see the true weight of God. Have you seen God be faithful to you once? Can I get an amen? If you're at home, you can put it in the live chat. Amen. Has God ever been faithful to you? Amen. Right? And when God is faithful once, you're like, great. But so many of us can say, that was just a coincidence. Pastor Steve, how do you know that was God? How do you know that just wasn't dumb luck? Or you trying to look at a story? But this is the thing. If you take not just that incidence of God being faithful, of God answering a prayer, but you take all of the other stories, all of the other incidences, and you piece it together like Mary did, you ponder them, you bring them together, and it shows the full weight of the glory of God. God has his hand on you. He's faithful to you. He has never let go. Guys, we have short memories. 
And it's just so easy for us to look at the nose in front of our face or the task in front of us or the work that has been plaguing us or whatever, right? But to take a step back, to say, God, you're doing something here. Your faithfulness is not just a random act of kindness. It is part of a greater story of your story of salvation. And so, friends, um, we need to give that weight to God, and we need to turn that into our worship, right? You see that in the story, right? So the shepherds return from Mary, and after they tell Mary this, after they bless Mary, and Mary's piecing the things together, and she's keeping it in her heart, and then the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it has been told them. What do you see here is you see an echo of the glory of God, right? Angels glorify God, and then the shepherds glorify God, and then they tell Mary, and Mary glorifies God, and then the shepherds return, and they glorify God, and it's a ripple of the glory of God that extends to all creation, and that is what we are a part of. I want to just end with this one scene that you see in Isaiah. So another ripple of the glory of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, these angelic beings, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The angels are looking at God and God is huge, by the way, in this story. Do you see this? That, that it says the train of his robe, which is the end of his robe, is filling the entire temple. Oh my gosh, how big is God? And not just is God big, but all of the glory of God is filling the earth. And they see this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And it, we're told that foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him called, and the whole and the house was filled with smoke. Living a life of wonder is not just for you, friends. It's great. I hope that you enjoy the wonders of God. You piece it together. You treasure it, and you see the full weight and, and, and story of God that is unfolding in your life, and you worship God for that. But it's not just meant for you. The glory of God is meant to ring out. Guys, think about this, right? Let's go back to the scene. Ordinary shepherds who were not well-esteemed people back in their day. You know, being a shepherd was like one of the lowliest jobs you can have. And here they are with a carpenter, carpenter's wife, and a baby in a stable. And this scene has echoed throughout all of human history. And the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. My prayer for us is that we can stop and linger on the glories that are all around you, right? I mean, this is a season, friends. Maybe some of you, you know, school hasn't started yet. Maybe you're on break from work. Maybe you're at your home with, with your, your, your family, right? And maybe there's just a moment or two. You can go for a walk or you can look out the window or maybe you can look at your family and just... Take a moment to not just think the ordinary thoughts you're thinking of. Don't just automatically go on your phone or automatically enter into conversation. Just be still. Just be still and turn aside and see the glory of God there, even amongst your family. What what a blessing that is, that God has given you people that love you, 
that God is providing for you in this way. Everything, everything in this world, you see the glory of God. I know this world can sometimes be messed up, but that God would send his son Jesus into this world as a human to save and redeem all of humanity, it's glorious. It's glorious. Praise team, can you guys come up? Let's just take a moment. Yeah, maybe just let that sink in for a moment. Can we just be still? Right? Friends, I want to encourage you. If you're at home, you know, you're like, oh, okay, sermon's over. Let's turn off the YouTube. Can I just encourage you? Just linger a moment, can you? Can you just be still? Can you just be still? God is in this moment. God is all around you. Maybe there's going to be something you see today. If you could stop and turn aside, you could see a glorious thing. You could see a sign of God's faithfulness. You could see a glimpse of the glory of God that is rippling throughout all of creation. And you could be a part of that chorus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Precious God, we desire to enter into that eternal song. We want to join that chorus that the angels sang over the shepherds. And the shepherds proclaimed to anyone who would hear it. And that has been rippling out and echoing throughout the generations. We join that song today. You are worthy. You are glorious. God, we love you. Lord, we don't always recognize your glory. Help us to see it today, God. Help us to sing your praises today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray.